Rock G Spin. We the biggest in the game. Much finer vodka. Big Boston. Everybody knows better. Come on, baby. Producer Azariah Malone Cartagena. She has her crazy friend with her here, and both of them are pretty crazy. And so I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> These young girls. How old are you, Siri? How old are you? Fourteen, 14 and just turned fifteen. It's crazy in here, right? So, uh, what's good, y'all? I want to do R&B week. That's what I want to do. And so I got to lay it out. Big artists every day. But also, uh, I can't ignore the real things that's going on out there as well. Besides just the R&B and all, just real issues that's going on out there that's really, really affecting America. America's really, 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 really Fragile right now. On all levels. Just on all levels. America's really in turmoil. So I'm going to try to keep it fun. Keep it R&B. Because I said, you know, last week I said, you know what? I had Kenny Burke on here. I said, yo, you know what? Last week I was just talking shit pretty much the whole week. I said, let me get some artists in here. Some big boys. And big girls. And you know. Let you guys have a good time. But it's a lot of real shit going on in America right now. And I don't want to fuck up the vibe. By talking about all this real shit. And then bring. You know. R&B legends on here. And just. You know. Uh, so I think after my guests. Uh, I'll go into some real shit. Um, waking up. It's half the battle. Definitely when you get my age, when you wake up and your eyes open and the sun is out, you feel like, wow, God gave me another one. 
is really that is that fragile in the world and 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 is that amazing to wake up. It's half the battle. Waking up. You wake up. How many people like you? How many people like me? When you wake up and you see that sun out, you be like, oh, made it through the night. <laughs> it's crazy. Is that real? Is that real? And so, uh, welcome to the big, big show, the biggest show in the game. We don't really care. We about ourselves. Uh, Trey Young was really, really tough against the Knicks. Uh, he about to get out of here in a major way. And so, you know, it is like that. Everybody got their day. Everybody got their day. Last series, it was Trey Young. This time, they're not seeing him like that. So he says, I know what you're saying. You better believe it. You wake up and you see that sun. You be like, holy shit, I made it. God, thank you. Now we can continue whatever else we had planned. Uh, the vaccine, the president said 340 people still dying every day. That's a lot of people. Stop being crazy. Take the vaccine. There's a new vaccine I heard about today that's 100% effective. So basically, I'm not going to lie to you. I was home for a year plus. I did a bit at home. I was not playing. I was not lying. I was really, really here. And since I got the vaccine, I've been at dinner. I've been outside. And and, and it's almost, you could tell who didn't take the vaccine because they either got the mask on seal or they or they still like jucking and jiving. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, I'll advise you, go get that vaccine. Don't listen to these people, man. Somebody said, you bugging out, Joe. Yeah, who are you, the, the ghetto philosopher? All the rich people I know ran and got the vaccine. I'm telling you the truth. I do not get paid to tell you this. I'm trying to help you out. That's all I'm saying. What, what, what Mayor said. Mayor said, outside. Yeah, I'm outside, outside. Front of the store, uh, dinners. I went to Versus. I'm taking shows now. Like, I'm outside, outside. But you're not if you didn't get a vaccine. You ain't get a vaccine, you're going to always have that fear. Your man, your Moderna baby. And so everybody, tonight's guest is a huge, huge, huge star. Somebody I've always looked up to. And, uh... He hit me up. It was like, yo, Joe, I watch your show every night. Don't think the biggest and the greatest ain't tuned in to the show every single night. Because they never heard nobody talk the real shit like me. It's impossible. You've never seen a guy with my fame, notoriety, success talk this shit. They won't. Everybody want to be politically collect. Correct, they want to walk on eggshells. You know, that's not me. And so, I like to uh, speak the real to the people and just be transparent. Oh, Trey Young got ice on his shoulder. Yeah, that's what happens when you start getting blown out records. 
you know, you start throwing the ice on the shoulder and all that. Now, you're talking to the wrong people. And so, uh, you know, I just tell you what I speak from my truth, and I do not know it all. I am not the know-it-all, you know, I just give you what I think or what I believe. And there's a lot of real shit to talk to you about. Uh, let me give you one. Today, I do not know where Justice Sotomayor is on this. They all, the Supreme Court, all voted. So, you know, uh, Trump created a law called the First Step Act to let inmates of nonviolent uh, drug offense come home early. When I heard that, that was the one thing I said, oh, my God. Trump did something right. That started with Kim Kardashian and Van Jones and everybody was over there working with the president and people came out from that. God bless. People were saved from that nonviolent crime. They made a mistake selling drugs and uh, and um, so they're coming out from that. But today, the Supreme Court voted that low-level crack dealers, this law does not apply to them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, who are the low-level crack dealers? Black and brown people. So now a law that was designed to help us just got voted that, hey, we'll help low, 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 non-violent, low-level, but not the crack dealers. The crack dealers that's in jail is the black and brown community. It is what it is. And so you guys don't know this shit. And if you're looking at all these other rapper guys, they're giving you the mumbo jumbo. Same, same Chuck and Jive. Who slept with this one? Who did that? Who did this? They're not telling you real shit. I'll be out in the Bronx with the students protesting. The Bronx got a lot of juvenile diabetes, got a lot of asthma. And so there's a school where they're trying to take their schoolyard where these kids play and get their gym at and work out and build the school on there. Now, it, 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 the school's not even overcrowded. So the kids reached out to me. And they protested, and I said, I'm coming out there, I'm going to protest with you. And I got the borough president on the job, too, with me, Ruben Diaz. His time's almost up, guys. Good luck with the next borough president. His time's almost up. And so we're going out there to bring awareness, to stop the building of the new building so that these kids can have a place to have fun work out and do their cardio and any other uh, exercise they're doing. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you the truth. What happened for a fact? I want you to Google it. Supreme Court unanimously, that means all of them, all of them voted to not let low-level crack dealers who are you and me uh, out of jail early for nonviolence, 
and stuff like that. Some bullshit, guys. It's some real, real bullshit. And I don't hear nobody talking about it. That's just one, one thing. Let me see if I could go early because I told them 820, but let me see. Because you guys, you feast for blood. You guys feast for blood. Let me see if I I said 8.20, but it's 8.15 because I thought I was going to talk my shit like that, but I'm going to talk my shit after. You got to think about it, man. It's, it's, you know, just because people are in prison or in jail, uh, that doesn't mean they're not alive. So uh, you can't turn your back on them and feel like, yo, they're not alive, they're in prison. I mean, it's some terrible shit going on in that in, in the prison system. As far as, you know, I look at prison almost like communism. You know, if you have family in Cuba, and I'm Cuban, if you have family in Cuba, if you don't have people from America sending you money or for somewhere else to Cuba, you fucked. You ain't eating. So you go to jail, they give you dog food, three, three meals a day, dog food. In order for you to eat a Snickers bar, if you work, you're working for like 60 cents a week. You can't even buy a candy bar after you work nine to five a whole week long. You think that's normal? That's fair? Shit crazy, bro. Shit is nuts. And so to me, that's communism. So if you don't have a family member out here, a wife, a sister, a brother, who sends you commissary, you're fucked. And then that creates the violent, the violent aspect of jail. And don't get it fucked up whether you in a, the craziest jail or the, the people snapping out here in the street. That's what I want to talk to you about. America's in turmoil. People are snapping. There are people trying to take over the airplane every night. Do you guys watch the news? There's people literally trying to hijack airplanes. And so, what is going on in America? Did quarantine fuck us up mentally that much? Did we not notice that people were mentally ill? The other day we had a guy shot a dude across the street from my house. It's only rich people live here. A guy looked at a guy, he ain't like how he looked at me, shot him in the face. No, it's always been mental illness, but I'm believing that because of quarantine and everybody was home and all that, people are coming out into the street. They can't even control themselves. I'm telling you, there's no reason why there's a surge of gun violence like this. It's crazy. I mean, this is R&B week. I, I'm not trying to get too real with y'all. It's the vaccine, Joe. All right, guys. 
Yeah, fuck around. Don't take the vaccine. Your ass going to be on that ventilator. I'm telling you, man. Your ass going to be on that ventilator. Let's see. I'm telling you the truth. I don't know what it is, but I know they've been every day on the news. They've been having people trying to take over planes, punching stewardess, and flight attendants in the face. Let me tell you something. The one thing I don't do, the one place I have, Joseph Cartagena, seen the most racism through my time even being famous is in first class on every airline. So if you got some black and Spanish people in the front, they start from row six coming back or row 10. I've seen it. Stewardess, Flight attendants talk to me, me. I'm not telling you what I heard. Talking to me, crazy. And I got to handle it just, why do you handle it, Joe? Why do you let these people, if they don't make no type of money more than you, they're not on your level, why do you let them talk to you like this? Simple. Because I know when I'm on an airplane, any crime that I commit, I will go to the feds. When you land, the police will be waiting for you. And so I know I have no wins with them. And so if they talking to me crazy, I just be like, throw my headphones on and rock out. It's happened to me a hundred times on the airline. Rude. Flight attendants, rude, and racist. And I just stay quiet. Why? Because I don't want to go to the feds over this. I don't want to get banned from flying. So I don't argue with them. There's people on the plane now snuffing flight attendants. Did quarantine fuck our minds up to where people are not just rational? There's guys shooting... 21 people coming out the club. The whole club. Now, all the airlines, I have experienced racism with all the airlines. I'm not talking about some, one, all of them. That's where they, and then you got people who, you could tell at one time, used to only fly private. So you got a guy, he owns three supermarkets. You got a woman, she owns a fashion firm. You got a guy that, he says, everybody think they hot shit in first class. Every customer, flight uh, um, passenger, thinks they're hot shit. They think they're somebody. Somebody works for Scooter Braun. Somebody works for Justin Bieber. He thinks he's the shit. And you put them all there, and they all looking at each other. Like they hot shit. And so that's where I experience 
racism. I'm not living in Forest Projects no more. I used to experience racism in a whole nother way. But for me, for Fat Joe, you know what I'm saying? That's where I get it at. That's where they can give it to me. Hold on. There you go. There he go. There he go. I'm telling you the truth. Yo, Johnny Gill living. Legend. I told you I was going. I told you I was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Johnny, it's such an honor, I'm man. It's <laughs> such an honor to have you on here because of you. You called me up. You said, yo, Joe, I'm ready to come. I said, all right, R&B week. Ah, yeah. So I start with Johnny Gill. Tomorrow I go to 7th Street up. Wednesday I go to Neo. Thursday I go to Cool from Cool in the Gang, and I'm trying to get somebody crazy on Friday. So it's an honor for you starting off the uh, <laughs> R&B week. Yeah. Are you back in L.A. or you in London? I'm in London, actually. Uh, Janet just told me to tell you, give you her best, Miss <laughs> Jackson. You with Janet Jackson? Yeah, she just told me to tell you hi. <laughs> I love Janet Jackson. You know, let me tell you something. I'm never, uh, well, she was Big Pun's favorite. Rest in peace. Wow. Janet wow. Jackson was Big Pun's favorite of all time. Wow. And, and I seen Janet Jackson one time in my life. Listen to me, Johnny. And, you mm -hmm. know, I think I'm hot shit, too, you know? So I walk in this hotel, <laughs> and there's, like, 30 security guards looking like men in black, dancers, <laughs> all type of stuff. And I'm usually running away from that, right? Uh, so, yo, shout out to Janet Jackson. She shouted me out. I love yeah. Janet Jackson. So I go like this, Johnny. I say, I look, and I see Janet Jackson back there. I swear to God, this is not my style. I'm usually the guy running away. I had to walk through those 30 security uh, and be like, yo, I got to meet Janet Jackson, bro. <laughs> I, 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 could, I wouldn't live with myself if I would have got on the elevator and not get to say hi my one time I ever seen Janet Jackson. Wow. Wow. So you yeah. guys are working on music out there? No, just out checking on her. You know, I, we've, we've been knowing each other since we were, what, 14 years of age, man. And uh, it's my dear friend. And, um, you know, finally this stuff let up a little bit, and I was, I promised her I was coming out to check on her and make sure she was good. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's a true yeah. friendship. You know, I'm, I got girlfriends. I got uh, my sister Remy, my sister Shanti, J-Lo. It's just like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It don't got nothing to do. I've never looked at their butt. I don't know what it looks like. I don't, it's just sister and brother. Yeah. So yeah. I do understand what you say. Shout out to DJ D Nice. D Nice is on the comments. Look, I want to ask you about somebody who I love so much, but never met. This is when I was young. Stacy Lattisaw. Oh my God, you going that. <laughs> I mean, y'all, Johnny, come on. You know you have to be hey, a big show. Let me, let, me, let me tell you, Joe, back then, just for the record, you know, I was standing up on my pimping back then, son. I, I mean, she was the hottest thing in, in the game, son. Yeah, yours truly. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yo, Johnny, no, no, no. I know, but what I'm saying to you is, like, no. she was so amazing. How did you get to meet Stacey Lattisaw? At that time when she was the biggest in the world. 
we grew up, I went to the same school and we grew, you know, grew up in the same neighborhood. So, you know, everybody was shooting their shots, shooting their shots, but it was only a couple of notes that did it for me. Damn, <laughs> man. You know, back in the days, <laughs> let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Johnny. Back in the days, you were going, yeah, Johnny, you crazy. You came on here and that shit, right? All right, Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 and your sister Janet is in the other room. I get it, Johnny <laughs> Gill. I get it, Johnny Gill. And I said, yo, Johnny. So I say, man, Stacy Ladison, y'all went to the same school. So to me, she was such a like a god because you know, it, it was it was like one of uh, if it wasn't always and forever. It was Stacey Ladison. Ladison. Let me be your party. angel. Dynamite. Huh? Yeah, she was uh yeah, yeah. She was uh she was like, you know, the 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 uh in girl, you know. That's yeah. crazy. Y'all went to the same school. Yeah, went to the same school and grew up in the same neighborhood and all that stuff. So it was like, you know, all of us we all used to hang out and all the fellas and everybody was trying to shoot and figure out who was gonna get there first and you know. I mean, you know, I grew up with Cheryl from SWV. She from oh, my same projects. Really? Coco. So Coco, she from yeah. my same projects. So we used to see her. Coco, very nice girl. And uh, oh, yes, I never girl. shot my shot. But, you know, I've always had love with Coco. She came yeah, on in. We yeah. talked about all the old schools. You know, Fat Joe, he wouldn't keep his shirt on. He would just <laughs> take his shirt off and let his fat flow in front of the building, you know? And so, <laughs> but Joe, I, I was playing flow. fair, man. I was not um, playing fair. <laughs> so Johnny, you already had new addition is rocking. Uh, Bobby goes solo. They got their problems, whatever. What made you join the group? Like, what made you say? Did you want that type of heat? Was it actual physical beef? Was Bobby Brown upset with you that you got with new addition? Or you know, what, Bobby I told mean, me it was later. a big move. He did tell me later that he was really jealous when uh, I got in the group, but he said, when you opened your mouth, he was like, damn, man, I can't touch this one. <laughs> but, oh, no, no, you can't touch that. <laughs> he said, he said, the world he knew that. The world knew. Like Johnny got a bad mother. Nah, nah, nah. He knew he couldn't <laughs> fuck with you vocally. He said, man, he was like, yeah, I was kind of in my feelings about it, but he was like, after seeing you, when you opened your mouth, he was like, he was like, man, wow, damn. <laughs> But you know, it was funny because um, I didn't know in the beginning what was going down with the group and why they wanted to bring me in. Besides, you know, I talked, you know, when I talked to Mike and he was one of, one of the first uh, people that I met. We actually we crossed paths from just doing tours, uh, um, concerts together. So when Mike talked to me about uh, uh, coming in and to be a part of the group, the way it happened, it was so slow. It was like really kind of like we met at the Whispers concert and then he was like, yo, what's going on? We're, we're sitting there talking. Then he asked me, he's like, yo, do you, do you feel like you've gotten your just due as a singer, as a solo artist? And at that time I had, I did the, uh, the, the album with Stacy. We did a whole duet album, perfect combination, all that stuff. And then I had had a, a semi hit with Half Crazy, which was my uh, first record that, you know, went up there on the charts. And I said, I looked at him and I said, uh, pulled out my pocket and I was like nothing but lint fell out and shit. I was like, oh, you know, well, you know, I said no. <laughs> so it was funny. We kept talking and then he said, hey, man, why not you come by tomorrow and we go, uh, you know, for lunch and blah, blah, blah. And it went from lunch to like, hey, yo, we want you to come uh, check the show out at the Ice Cafes they was playing. And so I was like, okay. Then the 
got another invite. He was like, yo, you want to do dinner tomorrow? I was like, okay. And then I started thinking, yo, what's up? It's these, you know, all these invites and stuff. So finally we had a conversation and started talking with everybody. And man, I was like, when they kicked that to me about wanting to go back to the five member group and all that stuff, it was crazy because now I'm reckon I'm just realizing that Ralph wasn't there. It was just Ronnie, Rick, uh, Brooke, and Mike. Ra Ralph didn't know he had a new member in the group until they went back to Minnesota because he was working with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And Ralph so, was like the lead singer at the time, huh? Yeah, yeah. And Ralph was like, "Yo, when we got back, when they started recording with Jimmy and Terry, so when they left Minneapolis and came back, <laughs> they left four deep and came back with five. Ralph was looking, going, "Yo, what's going on?" And all hell broke loose, and it was crazy because. Who knew? I mean, after all of the, the everything broke loose, Jimmy and Terry, and everybody's sitting down, and I mean, it got real heated in there. So, you know, we was doing it like the rappers. I'm trying to tell you, it was going down. <laughs> and so, it was going down in there? And, oh, it was and, going and down. Was, like, who was the person? Like, y'all horn, y'all R&B. What, what are y'all doing? <laughs> so the friction was between Ralph and you because you obviously... Well, no, no, it was between Ralph and the guys. And the, and the reality was... Ralph didn't know that they were bringing me in. And I don't think he really, at that point, had a problem more so with me than it was the fact that, hey, you know, the movement came without him really knowing. So after all the yelling and screaming and all that stuff, and he was like, I'm not splitting my, my money uh, five ways. And, you know, he was thinking about the bag. You couldn't, you know, are you going to be mad at a man thinking about, hey, I'm not trying to give up no more of my cut. So after all of that went down, man, it was crazy because then we, as we... Everything calmed down, and Jimmy and Terry told me, they was like, listen, you're not going to be singing anything on this album. They was like, you know, I said, okay, not a problem. And um, before you know it, I started uh, singing songs. And I remember doing some of the songs where I would, you know, somebody else would come in and, you know, you do the runs and all that stuff, and then they would mock or kind of lay out what I did vocally. And then finally they decided that they was going to give me a song, and they gave me this song called uh, Boys to Men. And I thought to myself, I said, this is some bullshit. I was like, all these good songs, they're going to give me this piece of bull. So I was angry. If, I was angry as hell singing that song, if you hear it. You know how incredible that song is? But Yo, I was angry as hell singing it. Let me tell you what happened, though. I thought, I'm like, oh, OK, so this is some political bull. So they're going to just throw me a bone. And I'm thinking, this is not like when you hear Can't Stand the Rain and some of the other ones. I was like, oh, so why couldn't you just sing the whole joint of that one? <laughs> so. Yeah. I was so I was so mad, man. But uh, by the time I finished the first verse, I looked around and the whole room was full with everybody in there looking, going, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and I was like, "You want to mess with me? You want to play with me?" Oh, okay. You okay. set yourself out. You you stand out and uh, voice the man. <laughs> I think can you stand the rain and voice the men are like the two. The two, what which song you think is better, Boys to Men or Can You Stand the Rain? Because I, I can't, I can't tell one apart. Like they both incredible. Oh, I, I definitely got to go with Can You Stand the Rain because that had all my brothers on it. But Boys to Men was, uh, that was a great song, and it's really, really set the uh, in there perfectly for the album because we were actually the reason why they brought me in because they wanted to get in, you know more mature sound so that was taking place right in front of everybody's eyes and nobody really probably understood what what the what what my purpose was in being in the group 
So it was just kind of like that song actually solidified everything uh, as far as that album goes, the Heartbreak album goes. It actually was brilliant, right? Because you see so many artists that start out as kids like New Edition and they wind up messing everything up and trying to do, because once you like a superstar as a kid, you're trying to have people take you serious as an adult now. You know, yeah. I, I got a girl, yeah. I got a girl in mind, young girl, she started out a reality show, girl rapper, uh, Mulatto, and now she's big Lotto. And I yeah. like her, you know, she's a grown woman now, but yeah. everybody discovered her as a little girl. It's so hard to make that transition. That transition, so you see, it is. Justin it's Bieber, all of a sudden, he woke up one day, he had tattoos all over, like trying to get you to say, I'm not baby, baby, yeah. I'm not yeah. that no more. I'm yeah. this. When you, when you think about it, that it's a, it's a real task. When you look at Christina Aguilera, you look at Britney Spears, you look at Brandy, you look at Monica, they all had that. They started so young and to make that transition, they can all tell you it was not, probably wasn't a walk in the park, you know, because when they, you come in on the scene and you're powerful and that's what people are used to, they start seeing you start singing these songs that are going in a different direction and start seeing you dress with, get the dresses a little tighter. And it's like, they're like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. But you know, it's a part of the process of growing up and make, but making that transition sometimes can be a, a challenge. So, and, no, and no, you know, you gotta give, people you, don't make it. Yeah, you gotta give Jimmy and Terry. Jimmy Dam and Terry Lewis, they, they, we gotta give them their props because mm. I look at uh, them as incredible, not just producers, writers and producers, but think about when you got all that talent. It's like a coach with the basketball team. He's gotta figure out how to utilize all of that talent uh, every player in order to, to, to maximize that, that and allow them to all get some playing time and to, and to also <laughs> win, to be effective. These guys are phenomenal. Jimmy yeah. Jam and Terry Jimmy and They Terry. look younger than and, ever. They look healthy. These guys have written some of the greatest songs ever absolutely. in the history of music. These guys are geniuses, bro. They, they yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we can't, that's a whole different thing, man. Jimmy yeah. Jam, Terry, look, I've done sampled their records about 10 million times. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up uh, doing the solo album, and I was the first artist that uh, that got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, L.A. Reed, and Babyface on one album. They did that whole album, uh, the, my, the Rub You The Right Way album, uh, with My, 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 and all that stuff. That was L.A., uh, who's my hero, and that was uh, uh, and Babyface, and... Uh, and Jimmy and Terry, and everyone was going, yo, how did you pull that off? Well, the godfather himself, who was managing me at the time, that was uh, Clarence Avon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he pulled So that you off. were getting managed by Clarence Avon. So he Clarence was, the... was managing me at the time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. he pulled that off. So yeah, it was a lot, man, to look back. When I think back and look at the transition, even for myself, because I started at 15, uh, years of age, and the only thing the label kept saying was, yo, this kid can sing. He sounds like a grown man, but he's just a kid. And it was like, yo, what are we going to do with him? So uh, my first couple of albums, they were still trying to figure it out. So being able to uh, eventually have, um, yo, what the hell is going on? I mean, they got some big-ass flies in London, man. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> We're not used to this. <laughs> but... but um, yeah, so you know it was crazy because we had to, the body had to actually catch up with the voice, 
And everybody was saying, yo, you're that kid that sounds like a grown man. <laughs> and that's how it got started. But even when I joined the group, New Edition, they started describing me as, hey, have you heard the new guy, that one that can really sing? That was how they described me. And singing, it seems like, became cool. It was OK. <laughs> you know, and what's so unique about you guys is you survive so many things thrown at you to where, all right, they're little kids. We already discussed the little kids being celebrity, I mean, stars and, and being sane, making it to manhood in this business, as well as the lead singer for New Edition, Bobby. He goes on to be the biggest guy in the world. Uh, they bring you in and you fit in and y'all immediately. And, and when I look at the whole thing, I'm like, man, you guys are so rare because everybody wind up having a successful career together and solo. Ralph yeah. went solo. Yeah. You went solo. Yeah. Uh, BBD went solo. Yeah. Uh, Bobby went solo. And everybody made hit records on their own. Yeah. That's yeah. so hard. Absolutely. So that, that is... everybody could go on their own path and still be successful. That never happens. Yeah, but that was a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because, you know, you start going out and getting a little taste of that stuff by yourself solo. You're like, yo, this bag is bigger when I'm over here moving by myself and shit. So, you know, everybody start thinking twice about, yo, we can really do what? But, you know, we've gotten to a point where we've gone through, well, this is a real serious brotherhood. I mean, people, you, I'm sure you've seen it or heard about it. I mean, we go through, we have our, our internal issues like any other brothers, but... The reality is we've done this for so long and we are, we've come to a point of understanding and realizing as we've gotten older, yo, this is, we are blessed and not too many groups and especially black groups can do what we do. I've seen it. I've been watching social media and watching some of them, some of the comments about, yo, if anybody can do verses without uh, and, and, and battle themselves, it would be new addition. And, you know, it's, it, it speaks volumes for the, you know, the, the, the success that we've all had individually and collectively. That's like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's not too many have been able to do that. No, I don't think nobody has. I yeah. really don't think that nobody has, you know, Ralph comes on with sensitivity. You come on with my, 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 you know, Bobby will come on, don't be cruel. Then y'all yeah. come as new addition. Then you come as LSG. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep sweat, recipes, Gerald Levert. Keep sweat, yeah. one of my favorite ever. How wow. did you? How did that group come about? Like, I remember going to them concerts and all that. Like, <laughs> what what brought y'all three together and said, "Let's work together. Let's make a group." Um, Keith wanted to figure. He wanted to feel, see what it felt like to be in a group. And then Gerald called me. It was originally supposed to be myself, Keith, Gerald, and uh, R. Kelly. So. Kells pulled out, and so it was just the three of us. We was like, all right, we're going to keep it moving. So, um, you know, we just went on. We, we did our thing together, and, uh, uh, you know, even Sweat, because he had come, just come off of his biggest uh, album, and, you know, he was telling me that Sylvia was like, nah, 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 you don't need that. Yo, 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 fall back with that for right now. You need to go and get us, get us another album. And Sweat was like, nah, I'm, I, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> So it was crazy, but uh, it was 
you know, the three of us, man, it was crazy. It was successful. God rest uh, Gerald, man. That's that. That was my partner in crime, my friend. Let me. He tell was, you, I love Gerald Levert, man. Just as a spirit. Oh, as my a goodness, spirit. Man. Let me he, tell you. He, he truly is gone too soon. Yeah, it took me literally probably about six years, maybe a little over, maybe a little longer than that, just to start hearing his music without and being able to listen to the music on the radio without turning because I, I don't know, man, with him, out of all the losses I've had over my lifetime, that one was just, uh, that one was a tough one, man, for me to get past. Tell us, tell us about Gerald Levert as a person behind the scenes. Like, how cool was he as a brother? Uh, like, like, you know, what makes him stand out in your life? Gerald was, I know women used to call him this, but it goes deeper than this. Women used to call him a teddy bear. This guy just was a warm spirit human being. And Gerald was one of those cats. Let me tell you why I call him a partner in crime. So we go on these shows, and sometimes I'm doing a show solo. Sometimes he's doing a show solo. He goes, yo, there's blah, blah, blah on there, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. Or I'll call him. I'll go, yo, I'm on the show with blah, 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 blah. He goes, I'm on my way. And everybody would say, y'all know that's not fair, right? It was a tag team. And yeah, yeah, you was tag teaming them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Pull up. Yo, 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 y'all know that's not right. That's not fair. Yeah, you but, pull up and you like, oh, they want the smoke? They brought who? Yeah, yeah. And you make that extra phone call. Yo, Cali, come through, man. Let's, yeah. let's blaze these guys right quick. Let's. <laughs> we, used to, we always thought it was funny, and it was fun. And we would just go, okay, what? You ready? Let's go. <laughs> Well, you know that you know here on the show we got joke for moments, something nobody heard before. So you you brought up R. Kelly was supposed to be in the LSG group, yeah. And, uh, and any particular reason why he pulled out, or he just ain't want to do it? Um, I don't know. You know, with Kells, you I mean, listen, man, that's like trying to figure out a jigsaw puzzle, man. I'm not sure what the real real uh, reason behind it but he he pulled out and at the end of the day we still you know made it happen so um i mean i had an opportunity to work with him on the on my song album. um a song he did called someone to love that was a joint that that was really nice and uh so he was you know when i met him and worked with kells he was you know he was straight up 100 and he was just to me he was cool so uh i i, I you know i took that moment in because I, I, I truly have, and I've always had great respect for his artistry and for him as an artist. So Yeah, me too as well. You know, I worked with him a lot. You know, we don't got to go into deep conversation about that. But, you know, um, you know, he's a great guy every time I worked with him. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you, right, because there's so similarities. And all R&B groups uh I wonder if they study the Five Heartbeats, the movie, as like the blueprint of like the groups. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's just so many similarities. Out of Five Heartbeats, had the guy teaching them how to dance. You guys had the guy teaching y'all to dance. You know, uh, is that a movie uh, you ever learned anything from, or you ever looked at, or, or what movie stands out the most to you? Is it Frankie Lyman? Is it you know, what movie of mm, that historical impact? I would have to say 
Probably the five heartbeats. That was, I'm telling you, that movie didn't do the kind of numbers it should have done when it, when it was released. But that movie became a classic, man. I mean, I think when you think about groups, there's always internal issues that goes on in groups. And, um, you know, and not everybody can do what we're doing as New Edition. Go through that stuff, come back together, as we are getting ready to do right now. <laughs> it's like, but this is a real true brotherhood. And when it's a true brotherhood, we go at it. But we also understand, too, if something happened to one of us, we all know that we're all going to be right there. And, uh, you know, the standing and, 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 and for our, our brothers, for each other, man. So it's a blessing. And though y'all see us tripping sometimes and we go through our little ups and downs, it's, I'm just saying, clearly, it's a brotherhood that and a bond that can't be broken. And um, with that said, yeah, we, we're getting prepared, doing some work right now. And uh, y'all going to hear from us sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> You know, new addition, man. I got I got a friend, Percy, one of the toughest guys you ever see in your life. And as soon as we go to a concert, he start doing the dance. <laughs> he, you know, he ain't got no problem doing the dance. He got all the moves. Yeah, he can't even help himself. He got to do the dance. And uh, that dance, y'all been doing. How many times you think you did the dance routine? Oh my God, oh shoot, over a million. Let me tell you what was stupid, what I did when I first got in the, in the group. The first video was the uh, If It Isn't Love video. And you'll see me, <laughs> you'll see me with some cowboy boots on. Yo, Joe, somebody forgot to tell me. I didn't know, cause I wasn't no dancer. Hell, all day in cowboy boots. Dude, Dance. by the time Your that video was killing. done, by the time that video was done, I was like, yo, this cowboy is hanging him up. <laughs> Man, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's over. A you can't rock it up. You got to make an adjustment. Yo, Johnny, what? you got to make an adjustment. You can't. But why nobody, they didn't tell me. Nobody told me. They just looking going, yo, this fool got on his boots. <laughs> they used to, my nickname was Trusty Boots. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other night here, here in Miami, uh, Floyd Mayweather had the fight. I went over there. I was all dressed up. Man, it was so hot. And it was outdoor. I was like, yo, why well, ain't get the memo? I would have gave him a tank top in this motherfucker. Like, this shit was so cold. I was like, God damn, yo. Hey, hey Joe, sometimes you got to suffer the consequences and the pain for it because I remember playing uh, Jamaica. It was about 115 degrees. I had on some uh, suede joint and I was looking too nice. I was just like, I'm gonna have to sweat this joint out because I'm like, hey man, I'm like changing this my gear. Yeah, so I sometimes told story <laughs> I told the story the other day I had a show in Guam. That's oh yeah the longest airplane flight I ever I been to. Yeah. It was so hot, Johnny. <laughs> I went to the mall and bought me the cheapest thinnest outfit because I didn't want to mess up the thousand dollar one. Yeah, right, right. Let me tell you, that shit was so hot. Like, yo, listen, man. It's like, as artists, right? So where I learned it from is I shot a video with J-Lo. Um, yo, it was like below zero. And she had on like a mini skirt and a tube top. I never heard her once say it was cold. 
And I well, when you listen, when you as hot as when you as hot as J Lo, I don't think she could get cold. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that even. taught me to never complain. Yeah, it well, taught no, me absolutely. to never complain. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what, I said, man, this woman got yeah. so much more money than me. Yeah. She got she, she if she ain't complaining, I could never sit here and say, it's too cold, it's yeah. too hot. No doubt. No doubt. You know, you, you can't make no excuses. Who influenced you, Johnny? Who 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 are some uh, of your mentors from back Teddy in Pendergrass. the day? Teddy Pendergrass, um uh Peebo. Uh, Stevie's my all-time favorite. That's my brother. And my friend to this day, let me tell you, I always, I tell everyone when this, I've been in a couple of years, that would be 40 years of doing this. And my greatest reward in being in this business is meeting this guy and becoming a part of my life. And uh, we've been known, I've been known Steve since I was 19. I'm now 55. That's my right hand man. I, we were just together for my birthday uh, the 20th of May. And, um, I, and he said some of the most incredible things and words that when we get, he gave the toast. And I said, I'm not, you're not going to make me cry. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> but one of my, it's my greatest reward, man. Someone you grow up and you idolize and to, to see, you know, cause you have this perception of people who you idolize, but to see, to meet them and, and they're everything that you thought they would be and more. I can't even put it into words. <laughs> After all nah, the awards I know the and all feeling, the accolades you know, that I've gotten, yeah. But there's Luther. Me wonder, we're foodies, so the, I don't really know him, but I would bump into him in the Mister Child little Spanish joints. Like there's places in New York, LA. I would bump into him, eating, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, "Yo, Stevie's over there. He want to say what's up, Fat Joe." And I come over. And he'd be like, yo, what's up, Fat Joe? Boy, you know how to eat. I'd be like, yo, Steve, you know how to eat. Like, you know, let I me, always oh, bump into the restaurants, but. Let me, can I tell you one of my funny Stevie jokes, uh, uh, Stevie moments? A couple weeks ago, right before my birthday, I'm on the phone talking. Phone rings, and I'm like, yo. And it says Stevie. I'm like, what? I'm like, it's FaceTime. So I'm like. I answered the thing. I'm like, yo. I said, why are you FaceTiming me? And he just laughed. And he would just laugh and uncontrolled me. Like, you wouldn't stop laughing. So I'm going, I said, you, you must be bored. I said, why are you FaceTiming me? And, and he, he just kept laughing. And then I said, well, can you see me? Yo, let me tell you something. Somebody, somebody said in an interview, I forgot who it was. Somebody said... Uh, that uh, they think Stevie can see. Somebody said that. Joe, one night it was four of us. We played air hockey. This guy beat the daylights out of all of us, and I told the guys huddled up. I said, "Hey, yo, don't ever. We're not telling nobody this happened. Right? This never happened. This guy it's beat the daylights. Stevie, this guy beat all of us. Beat the you know daylights out of us." You know, his song, Take Me Into Paradise. That's one of my favorite song of all time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we hear that every birthday, every holiday, every everything. Wow. You know, Stevie's, uh, you know, beyond a legend. He's iconic. Yes, he He's on another level of excellence. There's yeah. nothing we can do about that. Yo, Johnny, yeah. thank you for coming on here, my brother. I love you. I thank Man, you thanks for, for thinking having about me. us. Thanks for having me. And by the way, 
you know, Luther, who was another dear friend of mine, one of the greatest storytellers that has ever done it. I, he was the one that told me about and taught me about how to paint a picture and tell a story in a song. And that when, what you did on your, on, the, on your joint and using him, man, let me just tell you, I thank you. Thank you for keeping his legacy alive, yo. For man, real. You know, he's my favorite of all time. Wow. Over, wow. over Michael, over everybody. Now, he Luther, was another funny one, man. Quick as, I don't know what, on his feet. He was quick. Let fast. me tell you something about Luther. Luther Vandross is, uh, it, there's no other way to explain it to you. He's my favorite of all time. So if wow. you think about how many greats, how much music, how much everything you consume, nobody speaks to me like Luther, you know? Wow. And wow. I used to go to Luther concert dressed up in the three-piece suit, right? Yeah, We yeah. would be all the way up a deck and <laughs> Luther would wear jewelry where his diamonds would show from up a deck. It would gleam. And I said, yo, if I ever get money, I'm going to get some diamond like Luther. Wow. And, uh, and the fact that his his family or his estate allowed me to use that uh, sample was, it meant everything to me. You know, uh, it, 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 you know, I, I felt like it was like God, you know, letting me work with somebody who really, really, uh, uh, I look up to so much. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, who was it that came on here? I think it was Patty LaBelle or Stephanie Mills came on here and said they would visit Luther in his house. No, Vanessa Williams. She would visit Luther in his house in Connecticut. And he would sit in his closet. He would have a TV in his closet. Yeah. He loved being by his clothes. And he'd be talking with her for hours in the closet. And I'm yeah, like, damn, yeah. how big is this closet? Like, yeah. Well, one year, we, we, one year I was up against him at the Grammys. So he used to have like these these little movie uh, things where, I mean, everybody, who's who, we would always come. And every time I would come, get to the house, he had this case right by the door where he had all the Grammys. So every time I would come, I was going, give me my damn Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, security. Yeah. Security. <laughs> but if I there was for a couple of Grammys. Me, myself, that me tell you. If there, was, if there was one person on the planet that you wouldn't mind losing to, that I felt proud, it was it was Lou. <laughs> Yo, Luke is the man. I love you, Johnny. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for stopping love you, by man. with us, man. Yes, sir. Hey, yo, Thanks hey, for having give me. Janet Jackson a kiss right here for me. I Tell her from Fat Joe on her cheek. I give her a Fat indeed. Joe kiss. Okay, and you give, give J-Lo a big, big kiss <laughs> and a big hug for me. So that's the trade-off. I'm in. <laughs> I'm doing when I see I swear to God, I'm give a kiss. Be like Johnny Gill sent this one. <laughs> love you, my brother. God love bless. you. Yes, sir. All right, man. All Number right. love. Wow, we right. the great Johnny Gill. You don't know who I know. You don't know who I know. As he kicks off RB week, he's hanging out with Janet Jackson as we speak. The great Johnny Gill. Oh my God. I can't believe that uh, I've been picked. I've been chosen to interview the legends, the greats, the guys who paved the way, the way. 
I mean, it's Johnny Gill. He's telling you Stevie's with him at his birthday. He said, like, this ain't no regular degla. Like, this is like, this is amazing shit. And we hear like a fly on the wall listening to stories we would never hear. I mean, Johnny Gill, a living, living legend. We never knew R. Kelly was supposed to be an LSG. I mean, man, this guy's a living legend. Tomorrow night, we're going to keep the whole week on big. We even got cool from cooling the gang on Throwback Thursday. Seven, Neil, we're going to go, we're going to go even big on Friday. So we just going to keep this all R&B all week. We blessed like that. We blessed. And so listen, let your darkest moments bring your most clarity. We got to talk about some real stuff. We got to talk, you know, we got to talk about some real stuff. Uh, it's just too much realness. Please, guys. Everybody, if you got problems mentally, go get help. Please, if you know the kids in your family have problems, take them yourself. Talk to them. Embrace them. Show them love. Because this is not right what's going on out there, man. It's not right. We got to talk about some real stuff. Listen, put God first. Believe in God through good times and bad times. Put God first. Very, very important. Peace, y'all. We the biggest in the game. Brooklyn Bay, what's up?